What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Bum. So I kind of wanted to take a break from all the um, maybe a little bit of raunchy sexual things that we've been discussing lately and talk more about like the adulting aspect because I honestly feel like nobody teaches us anything about life and we're just like, it's all trial and error. And so, I mean, I'm not thinking of becoming a dad at this exact moment, but I think we're all lying if you haven't thought about like, oh, do I want to be a dad one day or how can I be a dad one day? And I feel like nobody really knows, like, do you adopt? Is the surrogacy option even feasible financially? Or like, do you need to know the girl? So I figured this would be a good time to talk with a couple dads and see why they became a dad and how the process went for them. And maybe this will be a good blueprint for our future or if somebody actually wants to be a dad. So my first guest I have on is Casey, who just flew back from Seattle. <laughs> So welcome, my friend. Thanks for having me. So you are a father. (laughs) I'm a father and I'm a grandfather. So a little bit of both. Wow. That's like double daddy. That's double daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So explain to me, did you want to become a dad or like at what point in your life were you like, yeah, I would definitely want to be a dad. I always have wanted to be a dad. I mean, that was, I, I wanted to be a dad more than I even cared about having a relationship. I just have always, always wanted to be a father. That's so cute. So how did you realize like, okay, this is how I'm going to be a father. Like how did your first child come to be? I should say, uh, you know, I never knew how it was going to happen because I was, you know, I was of the era as you were either gay, straight or bi and by wasn't really accepted. It was just kind of an excuse because you were just gay and pretending and all these other things. And I just knew I was, I just always known. Actually, what I would tell you, Jeff, is that I, I always thought, and I was very comfortable with it is I just thought I was born without a switch that says you don't go there. I just thought if somebody's amazing and attractive and I've got chemistry, then I've, I've just always had mutual attractions with people. So that just never, I just knew it was not normal, but it just felt very comfortable for me. And I was very comfortable inside of myself with that. Um, and so I didn't know how I would end up having children. I just knew truly that I was meant to be a dad. I knew it. And so I was dating a woman when I was getting my master's degree as 22 and she was 14 years older than me. She had three sons. Um, and we dated for about four years and her youngest son was 18 months when we started dating and we were, he's a little over four years old when, when we broke up, I went to Europe for a year came back, stayed in touch with the kids and with her to an extent. And then um, she passed away. She was chronically ill and terminally ill when we'd met. And she passed away when um, Jesse was 13. And um, his brothers were just that age where they they probably would have been willing to take him out. One was in the military and couldn't. One was just getting ready to get married and said he would. And But I was the only person who, as an adult, who knew her well enough because she and I had been so close, obviously, for all those years. And I had a, happened to have a, a copy of her will. And so I helped them with the whole process of the, just the whole process. And at the end of it, I just had this, I took them to the body viewing and I just had this calling that's like, oh, I'm meant to take Jesse. I just knew I was meant to take Jesse and, and I ended up adopting him. And he was pretty depressed and, and fairly drug addicted when I met him, even though he's 13. At the age of 13, he was like yeah. that? Yes. Wow. So it was a rough, rough go. He was very much a juggalo and an emo and, and uh, 
yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was so like not that were you were, you were basically their father figure growing up though. I'm assuming anyways, uh, I was, I was kind of the cool uncle to the older two. Like they loved hanging out with me. Jesse, I think always, he was so little when I met him. And I think there's something in his brain that always thought or saw me as a father figure for sure. Definitely with Jesse, the youngest. So then from that experience, you were like, okay, like I'm going to adopt him. I'm going to be his dad. Yeah. And then was that the only child or you ended up having more no. kids? Well then, and I honestly, well, it's just, it is interesting when you have a teenager, you know, I was in my third, I just right on 30 and I just, honestly, I didn't know if I'd ever really date again after that. You know, I've got a teenage son, um, you know, single dad. And I just, I just didn't know. I knew that there'd be women that dated me. Um, and I just didn't know if I'd ever end up with a, you know, who would I end up with? And I was definitely leaning more uh, as far as, you know, much more attracted to men at that point in my life. And, um, but I, I just, I wasn't out partying because I, I had a 13, 14, 15 year old son at home. Yeah. And, um, and then just met an amazing man, just, uh, just amazing, got set up on a blind date um, oh. that I really didn't want to go on. And um, we've been together <laughs> ever since. And he had just gotten out of it. He was about four years younger than me. And he'd been in a six year marriage to a woman. Um, and he never thought he'd have children because, I mean, he loved his, he loved, it was his best friend that he married um, and he just said, I never want to have children until I met you. And then all of a sudden I had this craving to have children. I just knew I didn't want to have children with her because it didn't feel real. And this just feels so real. And so we started talking about surrogacy and our grand, our grand plan was, um, the first pregnancy was going to be with my sperm and eggs from his family. And then the second pregnancy was going to be with, uh, eggs from my family and his sperm. So we'd have biological children together um, that that shared you know genetics, and that was our grand plan. And the it was early enough because this was the girls are twelve now; they just turned twelve in February. Twins, we ended up with twins, um, twin daughters, and we they're just in in Washington State where I live. There wasn't any laws around how do you navigate that. So it was really yeah. bizarre, Jeff, because we you had to physically have a contract that you bought the eggs. The eggs were property from um, my husband's cousin. So we, you had to physically have a contract that they were products. Yeah. And then we actually got a surrogate. I put an ad on Craigslist. Um, oh so I would say we got a refrigerator, a microwave and a surrogate all on Craigslist. Oh <laughs> and uh, so, yeah. And some were a little, probably not potential really stable. I don't think some were really serious. I think they were just like, are you serious? Are you looking for a surrogate? And then there's three that were le legitimately thought about doing it. And the woman we ended up going with, who's just an amazing woman. We're still friends with her. Her, ironically, she'd never been a surrogate before. She had three children of her own, great marriage, still has a great marriage. And um, her mother had actually um, given birth to every one of her cousins. So her mother was a surrogate for her mother's sister, for her aunt. So she said, I just always had this calling that I wanted to do this. And, and, uh, and she was a Christian. And I said, are you okay doing this for a same sex couple? And she said, I'd love to do it for you guys. And, and we just got it all worked out and we ended up with the twin daughters. So how does that work? Did you have to go through an actual company or hospital? I should say that like actually put it in there. We, we wanted to have it legal and it was so, we weren't sure how to navigate it because 
like with his cousin, when we got the eggs, we didn't want a lot of involvement. We just genuinely, I genuinely wanted to be a dad. I wanted a parent. Like I didn't want to have kind of community parents. I mean, I want to have our friends and family just like any other children, but we're trying to navigate the how far do you go. And traditional surrogacy is if you use a woman who's going to use her own eggs. So there's traditional surrogacy and there's non-traditional. Non-traditional is your fear. Basically, you um, you know have the embryos, you do the cryopreserved, extract the eggs, you know, make the embryos, and then they pick the healthiest ones that they're going to um, do the, the IVF route. So, um, and that's what we end up doing. The only thing we had to do was have a contract because in Washington state at the time, even though the surrogate had no genetic connection, nothing, she actually had more legal rights than I did or the egg donor. The eggs were property. Since she was carrying the baby, if she wanted to keep the baby, she could have, even though we had a contract in place because of the way the laws were at the time. So and the whole nine months, you were probably terrified being like, she could literally just flip this and like, that's it. We, we, we were gambling on the fact that she had three children of her own so we just couldn't even, fa and she was just a purely good-hearted human being. She ended up going on to have two other pregnancies. She actually got pregnant for us again, and we lost the, those twins. Um, and then we we're just kind of like, you know what, I think maybe we're just meant to have two, uh, aside from Jesse. And um, and so she went on to, to have children for a couple other families, but we all kind of went through the first round of it together. There was moments we were anxious about it, but she and I would share a lot of articles. And one of the best ones she had found and sent to me that helped her psychologically, she read an article from a surrogate about how if you're a babysitter and love children, you don't want to take the kids home and live with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And she said, that's the way I just thought about it. So I just, I get nine months to really enjoy pregnancy and not have to worry about raising this child. Like I can just literally go through the whole pregnancy process and not be thinking about, you know, all the things that uh, a parent would be stressing over, you know, the joy, but all the stress as well. So well, your life changes, of course. Oh, <laughs> completely. Yeah. Can I ask how much, how much does it cost to pay a surrogate? It depends on the state and depends on if you go through an agency, what you have to do by law. Well, at the time, cause it was just, there just wasn't a lot of law, but from all the things that the attorney pieced together is in Washington state, you could not pay a surrogate. It's, it was illegal. You couldn't pay a surrogate, but what you could do is you could give them a monthly allowance um, for like, clothing, healthcare, all those kind of things. So those were just things that we just kind of sat down and went out to dinner and just stared at each other going, I don't know, what do you want? Like, and she's like, I don't know. I just want to do this for you guys. So we kind of just came up with something that felt really fair on both sides. And, and, uh, and she didn't want to make it like this huge profit thing, but you know, she was going to be pregnant and out of commission. So yeah. it, it just was really, uh, I really think we have an, uh, from all the horror stories we've heard, we really had a very lucky situation, honestly. Yeah, because I feel like how I think about it, like, obviously, like I said, like, I'm not trying to have a kid anytime soon right now. But I would like to think that I would have a friend in the future who I could just be comfortable with and like, see who's in my life at that time or whatever. And I would probably just try to like, I don't exactly know how this would work. But I would probably just like start jerking off in bed. And yeah. then right when I'm about to come, I would like make her sit on my dick or something. And like hopefully she would get pregnant if I did that so many times. Well, I'll tell you, Jeff, one of the things that we end up happening is my husband, he, we, there's a lesbian couple that she helped us actually with the girls when they were little, um, just like babysat would, you know, help out and stuff. Amazing, amazing 
super cool chick. And um, Matt ended up donating for her and her wife uh, for two of their children. And it, that's what it really was. He and I'd be in bed together. He'd, you know, we'd be, you know, making out, getting every, you know, just fluffing everything going awesome. And, and then he'd literally jerk off into a literal, literally jerk off into a turkey baster. And then he'd run it down the hall to our spare bedroom and knock on the door and they'd take it. And that's how they got pregnant with their first one. No way. And it actually works. Oh, yeah. So like you can come on yourself, squirt it up in a thing, and then squirt it in someone else and it works. Absolutely. And healthy baby. Healthy baby. Um, amazing. He's I think he's six now, maybe seven years old, six years old. Okay, so this is completely doable. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it it really was. So you could do it your way, go <laughs> for the penetration, and and uh, you know just think of somebody else, and and uh, yeah, just close your eyes. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's way more emotional stuff. That's the hardest thing, Jeff. I'd say is that the emotional part of it, it's weird. It's really weird because the cousin wanted to kind of come in and and have her daughters involved, and in the beginning we thought we were okay with it, and then it just got kind of weird. You know, it just, it's very weird when it's like your children, it was odd. I'll tell you the other thing that was really interesting that Matt and I struggled with for a bit was that a lot of people in his life, his parents included said, you really need to adopt those children because you have no legal rights. But this is what shocked me is the hospital, instead of putting mother and father, they put parent and parent and both of our names were on the birth certificate. And what I kept telling Matt is, what are you stressed over? Who's going to ask you for anything more than a birth certificate? They're your children. Like, as long as you and I believe they're genuinely our children and he, he still pushed it because his parents were worried about inheritance and all the, and the kids coming back on that, just all weird stuff, you know? And uh, then finally, what I told him is I said, you know what, go ahead and adopt them, go through the legal process. And then you get to decide when you tell them they're adopted daughters. And he's like, well, they're not my adopted daughters they're my daughters. And I said, well, you need to make a decision. You know, do you want, do you want to trailblaze and draw a line? I would rather put money into fighting something legally that you, they're your daughters than putting money into attorneys because you want to adopt them. That would just be my preference. Yeah. And that whole reality they thought of, they're not my adopted daughters, these are my daughters, kind of made him stand his ground and just make a decision that, you know, this isn't really about me adopting them. These are my daughters. And if I walked into every school or any hospital and just said, these are my daughters, you know, it's the onus is on you to prove me wrong. But he, we have birth, they're living birth certificates. Yeah, like you literally have paperwork that says, yeah. Right. That's exactly it. So as you have two twin daughters, like, and now they're 12, so they're like growing up. Do you ever feel like, do you still have like your female cousin or whoever get involved essentially? Because maybe they like, like, I mean, periods or things like that. Does she step in a little bit and like help out with that aspect? No, I really wanted to do, I mean, being a parent is being a parent, you know? Um, I think think being a good parent is a good parent. Like literally one of my daughter, one of the twins started her period two months ago. Um, and, and I was ready and, and I, <laughs> it's your show. So there's nothing that's really off limits, but she literally, I told her, I said, if you, she said, I want to wear a tampon. And, and I said, well, all the women I've talked to, you usually use pads for a while before I go to tampon. And she goes, I want a tampon. And this is my, the, the bold aggressive one. And, uh, I said, fine, then you've got to pass a little quiz here. And I said, you know, where did you know where you put the string? Can you take a dump and have your tampon? Can you like... <laughs> You know, stuff that, and all these women that I know are like, you didn't ask her that, did you? And I'm like, yes. And then all these other women were like, God, I wish my mom would have talked to me about this stuff. I'm like, if my, I mean, obviously, like, I don't have my period. But yeah. like, if my parents ever set me down at that age and tried to have this conversation, I'd be like, just shut up. 
yeah, she wasn't that way because she's I've just the relationship I have with actually both my girls uh, well, and my son too. Um, but she, when she said, dad, I want to take, wear a tampon. I mean, she, she opened the conversation up and she, I knew she'd be, and she likes being a little provocative. So I knew that it was totally fine with her to, to ask those questions. Like, okay, the difference between what you do with your string, if you're playing sports or if you have a bathing suit on, like, what do you, like, there's differences and you don't want to be the girl that's has a bathing suit with strings and hanging out the side because yeah. kids will rip you apart. So you need to make a decision. And then she ended up showing half the girls in the neighborhood how to put a tampon in. And all these parents are like, oh, my God, I wish we would have had a Bella when we were in, you know, when we got our periods. So so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it's, yeah, she's. So there. you are that dad. I am that. I am absolutely. Well, I'm, my, my background's in mental health and therapy and psychology and all that. So it just didn't, it just didn't bother me. Well, this has been very interesting. So what what would you, let's end on this. What would you say to somebody who is like deciding between surrogacy or adoption? Like what, I mean, everyone's going to have their own opinion, but like, what do you consider to be like the best option or easiest option? You know, I don't think there's an, I think things are getting easier. There were no easy options for same-sex couples. You know, it was easier for a lesbian couple because it was easier to get a guy to jerk off into a cup. It was really hard. And actually we were pretty, the, the, the doctor, we only had one fertility clinic in our, in our city and he refused to work with us because we we're men. He said, I'll do lesbian women, but I will not do gay men. I will not let you guys have children. And I just thought that's not your, you're the, your job is to be a medical doctor. It's not to make moral decisions, but he was yeah. perfectly fine making moral decisions around it. I think what it comes down to, honestly, I had worked in child welfare for a while and worked with failed adoptions. And so I, I think it really is a personal decision. I think some people genuinely want to adopt because there's children that need homes out there. The one thing I would caution against just from my own profession is everybody that ever knew that adopted genuinely believe if I love my child enough, we'll have a happy family. And that's just not accurate. Um, and it's the same thing with biological children too. I just had such a strong craving. I, Jesse feels like blood to me because I knew him from since he was you know 18 months old. Um, my granddaughters feel like my granddaughters, like they are my, my granddaughters. Um, you know, my daughter-in-law is my daughter-in-law. And I, I think it's the same thing with the choosing to do a surrogacy. Those are, the, those are my biological babies. I mean, that is my sperm. Those are my kids. And that, I really wanted that experience to, to kind of put my DNA in the world and, and have my legacy. So, so I think it just depends on personal opinion. For me, I just, I needed to, I had this just drive ever since I was young to have kids and I needed my DNA legacy there for some whatever reason so well maybe your daughters can be the next Ariana Grande Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> that could be oh, that wouldn't surprise me yeah yeah well thank you so much Casey for coming on I really appreciate you um teaching me on some of this stuff and um you can go get back to making dinner for your kids. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to do. They're out in the pool right now. So I got to make some pizzas and take them out to the boyfriends too. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Casey. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. So my next guest is James from Kentucky. What's up, James? What's up? So tell me like at what age or when did you know you wanted to be a dad? Well, I wanted to be a dad when I was a kid, like, uh, I lost my dad really young, but I always had a really close relationship with my mother, my aunt, and my grandmother. And I saw my aunt, you know, have all my cousins. And I loved the part of pregnancy and I loved seeing her be a mom. And I loved 
the relationship between me and my mom and the love I knew I had from her, I knew that I wanted that for my own. And I realized that very young. So I feel like ever since I can remember, I wanted to be a dad as this little 11 year old. Did it ever occur to you though, that like when you were coming out, were you ever like, shit, like how am I going to be a dad since I'm gay? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, It was a question all the time, especially when I, when I did come out and I had some close girlfriends and they started having kids and they knew like any, anyone who had any attachment to me and loved me and knew me knew that was a struggle with me. And I didn't know how, you know, and, you know, <laughs> at that time I was in my twenties and, you know, IVF and surrogacy is super expensive. So it would just seem like it wasn't going to happen for a very long time, you know, being a struggling 20 something that wanted a kid and was gay. So what I did like I, 10 grand or something, right? Per trial yeah. right so it's Her not trial. even like set in stone that like this is gonna work oh no no not at all <laughs> and that was the scariest part for me because I knew it was a, the big want in my life and it would I wanted I wanted a baby more than I wanted marriage and a family I just knew I wanted to be a dad you know I it say that all the time too I'm like I feel like if I'm 35 like I'm 28 now but yeah. I feel like at 35 like if I was single I'd probably be a dad yeah I say, do it. Do that shit. (laughs) I don't need a man. I don't need your help. (laughs) No, not at all. Are you single? I am. When we did get pregnant, I was married to, uh, I was in a relationship for the six years um, and married for one. And we were about six months pregnant. And I did, I knew our relationship was bad, but then I, saw her belly getting big and I was about to be a dad and I wasn't mentally okay to be in in that relationship anymore if I was going to raise my kid so I had to make the decision to leave and we still go co-parent he actually just dropped him off to me and we are way better at this than we were as a couple (laughs) we're good awesome yeah it changed our relationship it changed you know because there was so much hate and stuff that happened in six years of a hard relationship that we have so much love for Jackson that that's all that matters. You know, like we want to do the best and be the best us for him. So I said, I think this is why I met you. You know, I wouldn't have never had Jackson if I never moved from Ohio to Kentucky and met my surrogate, you know, <laughs> so yeah. and I moved here because of my husband. So it all strangely worked out that way it all worked out so wait yeah. so how did you find a surrogate well I moved to Kentucky and I own a dog grooming shop so I started out at PetSmart grooming and there was this girl named Marlena there who I thought was just tough as nails and mean and very hard to get to know but we ended up becoming really good friends I love that that's the quality you're like this is the qualities I want in my children <laughs> mean and tough as nails <laughs> <laughs> But she ended up being one of the sweetest people and helped me so much through all my relationship shit. And, you know, she has two children of her own already. And she always told me that she would like to be a surrogate. She, of course, knew I wanted to be a kid, uh, have a kid. So one day she asked me and I kind of blew it off like, oh, you're so sweet. But all my friends said that. And I just think it was like, oh, like I do it for you. So I just took it like that. So I would say a couple months went by and she said, my feelings are kind of hurt. And I said, why? She's like, well, I asked to carry your baby. And you kind of just blew, blew me up. I said, I didn't know you were serious. And she's like, yes. She's like, I don't know anyone who deserves it more than I than, than you do. 
and it was on and popping from there. <laughs> that is so cute. So weird, so crazy how that, she was serious, you know what I mean? I had so many girlfriends say that to me, but no one ever followed through, and of course, well, she followed through. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like if, like, a female friend, like, already has kids, it probably makes more sense, so, like, you know, I've already done this, like, I'll do it for you, as opposed to, like, if I find one of my girlfriends, maybe it's because I'm in, like, the, I'm 28, so, like, maybe my age, yeah. group, like, they're not all having kids at this exact moment. But yeah. like the thought of them all of a sudden having a kid and my kid would be their first kid, they'd probably be like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not this, you know? <laughs> but maybe later on in life, they'll get to that point. Yeah. But um, was was it her egg or did she just carry the child? It, no, it was her egg also. Because um, I told, I went to her, you know, and told my husband at the time, like, well, Marley is going to do it. So of course we started looking up, you know, egg donation and things like that. And she's like, that's all her about. She goes, I was hoping we just do it, you know, very grassroots. And I was like, oh, so she's like, I don't mind. She's like, James, she's like, this is, she's like, and as strange as it sounds, this is my gift to you, you know? But during the whole pregnancy, she did remind me, <laughs> I'm just the oven. So she was like, this is not my child. And we just drew up our own contracts and everything like that. And you know, got them notarized. It was really easy, you know, and she didn't, you know, we still, of course, like very close to this day. Yeah. So. That's crazy that she was so just like, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think she knew we had have a cute kid, which we did have a really, really adorable kid. <laughs> I love that. So like, is she in the parenting realm at all in this situation or not so much? No. no. She said, you know, this is for you. It, at the time, it was for me and my husband, you know, so she signed over all rights, you know, in the hospital and everything. She She's on the birth certificate because she is his birth mom. Like, that had to happen. But she, you know, she's Auntie Marlena, really, you know? He, he does know. I've always been open with him about where he came from and how he got here. And he gets it, you know? I've repeated it over and over so many times to my, I know he understands. He, he puts it as, I grew in someone else's belly for you you know and that's what he yeah. always tells me that's <laughs> at one time when he was very young he thought he was in my belly which i thought was cute <laughs> oh, i'm sure somewhere there's <laughs> we can only wish one day <laughs> yeah um so, what was i gonna say so oh shit i forgot no you're good Okay, so when you were, like, about to do this, like, how did it work? Did you just, like, jerk off in a room, and then you, like... <laughs> okay, she would, we would do this every morning. Um, I bought her all, all kinds of ovulation kits and pregnancy tests, and I read a lot of books on insemination, and they bought up the Diva Cup, so I got a whole pack of diva cups, which are usually used for menstrual cycles. It's like a plastic ring with a plastic sack that women can catch, you know, their menzies in. But they, they even said they're trying to make it for now for conception because it, it works. So I would put my stuff in the diva cup, put some fertile um, lubrication in there. She would come in, she would grab that, she would insert it inside of her close to her uh, cervix and just lay on her back, you know? And we did that whew, six times before it worked. 
And I remember the last time she, I, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, it's just, it was so, cause I, you know, like I said in the beginning, I wanted a baby so bad. It was just so heartbreaking every month. I was already buying stuff. No one knew. Yeah. And it was just heartbreaking every month. And she was 39 at the time we were doing this. And she, she yeah. goes, maybe I'm too old. I said, I don't believe that, you know? So this last time <laughs> it was uncomfortable at first. Of course she knew what I was doing. That's my home girl. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, I was in there like fucking jacking off. You know what I mean? But by the end of it, <laughs> her kids were in my backyard playing with my dog and we were high-fiving each other as she went into the bathroom to get my shit. And I went outside to sit with her girls while she put that in her. So it just became this that. thing that we did. Yeah. And that's when it happened. <laughs> that so can you time. only do it like once a month or something? Like you would just try once a month? Yeah, just during her ovulation cycle. So, oh. and we just did, the only thing we did differently the last time is we did it the day before she started ovulating because she started clocking it so well for six months, you know, so she knew when it was going to happen. So we did it the day before. And I guess that was the big difference. <laughs> she got okay, so basically if you're trying to get your surrogate pregnant via whatever yeah um the day before ovulation was the that was the key that was the only thing that changed that's the only thing we did differently during that time when we got that positive pregnancy test that is so wild yeah you have did you have to like pay her and everything i'm assuming or did you just cover medical expenses she said she's it was all medical expenses she said i'm not doing this for money i'm doing this for you you're my friend but i, I bought her maternity clothes i bought her massages and things like that like yeah. she didn't have a pay and we ate out a whole lot together so I'm I sure think her cravings were great oh yeah we ate a lot with jackson when she was pregnant with jackson we go every weekend we just stuff our faces and it was the best part i loved it so much <laughs> so is there a number two coming uh, you know i'm 39 now and i'm single and I said, it's not off the table. I would never say no. I, I may end up with a guy that wants a kid also and do this all over again. And I would love to have another, because I loved it. Like I loved getting up in the middle of the night and feeding my baby. I thought it was, it was the most, <sighs> feeding him and like, I, I thought so many things were going to be hard, but it was so easy. The midnight feedings, the teething, the the fevers it was also easy because I enjoyed it and I wanted to be good at it and I and you just care about this being little being so much and it's a little you and it, it it wasn't hard I you know and I have a lot of friends that have kids and it seemed like it was so hard and I would talk to my mom about it and she's like James maybe it's you feel like you know even though it's hard it's easy because you wanted it so bad for so long yeah and it probably that, didn't feel feasible for a while no, exactly. And I still, he's six years old now. And I still say, I can't believe I have him. Like, I can't believe I'm a dad. I really can't. And he's insane. <laughs> but he's smart and he cracks me up and he is my best friend. I can literally hang with my kid and have a good time. Like we were out yesterday at the mall. We went to the movies and I died laughing and had good conversation like I would with any of my friends. Like he is awesome like he's so he's, he's a little me like he really is like he just has such a I don't know see and it's because I'm just that's my little baby you know what I mean like he's just my everything and I'm uh, 
there's nothing like it. That's why I know I would do it again. It's because it's like, uh, I've enjoyed every piece of this. And well, it, what's the difference between like surrogacy and adoption? Like, would you go the adoption route for a second one? I don't know. I sound like a bad person when I say this. And it's because I haven't experienced it. And I feel like, will I be able to love this baby the same because it didn't come from me, you know? I don't know. Like, I guess I have to experience it, but it's just a weird thing for me to be like, I'm going to love this baby as much as I love Jackson. But I don't know. I don't know. It's such, and I feel so horrible saying that because there's so many kids that need homes and so many kids that need love. But it's just, I don't know how I would feel. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, listen, like there's certain things that are not for everybody, but I mean, like, it's better to know that before you go into a process. You know what I mean? Exactly. But I'm always curious, like why people choose one or the other. And I mean, yeah, yeah it, it goes back to, you know, even when I was talking about my aunt, I saw her pregnant with four of my cousins, you know, growing up and I wanted, I wanted the doctor's office visits. I wanted to watch my baby grow in a belly. I wanted the ultrasounds. I want the baby shower. I wanted that journey to becoming a parent. You know, I wanted all that. I wanted to experience all that. So that was a big part of it for me wanting to do surrogacy also. You wanted that baby shower. I did. It was amazing. I got so much shit. <laughs> so much shit. <laughs> Helped me out for months. Like, uh, because, you know, my girlfriends, like I said, they knew that I wanted a kid. So they loaded me up with all kinds of stuff for him. So I was set for a good six, seven months. I didn't have to buy anything, even diapers. So amazing. <laughs> I know. I was very lucky. Well, I hope, um, you know, somebody maybe learned something that the Diva Cup's revolutionary. I'm and telling um, <laughs> until baby number two or you're in New York, let me know. I will. <laughs> I definitely will. I love New York, by the way. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. No problem. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. And guys, tune in next week for another episode of Behind the Bum. And if you are trying to have a child, I hope you learn something about this. And don't ask me to have a kid until I'm 35. So <laughs> that is all the time I have for you guys today. So thank you for listening. <laughs>